for those listening on the podcast, it may not sound any different, but this is the first live version that we've done before. And uh, this is actually kind of a sub-series that I wanted to do. It's different from the standpoint that I wanted to talk about hoops, sort of, but also topics that maybe aren't typical for coaching subject matters, especially right now. I know a lot of people are watching a lot of clinics and listen to a lot of things during this time where they're stuck inside. So kind of wanted to go off a little bit from the typical and talk about some things that are still related, but are separate enough. Um, you know, case in point today, we're going to talk about marketing and branding your programs and focusing really on the use of social media. For those that don't know, I actually make a living off being a, a college professor teaching sport marketing and then also a social media sports class. So this is something that I enjoy doing, enjoy talking about. I run the account for the BJU Bruins men's basketball team and do some other things on the side a little bit. You want to kind of talk, Mason, about your background on this and how you've gotten into this a little bit? Yeah, in particular with the non-coaching stuff and having an online presence and stuff like that. I dove into it with a YouTube like three years ago, three or four years ago, just making videos. And one of my first videos, how I distributed it, you know, people think you just post something and then you just kind of hope that, oh, I hope this gets a lot of retweets or whatever. You know, there's some strategy behind it. So one of my first videos, I don't know what it's at now, but it got it got like 70,000 views, I think in a couple of days. And now it's up to 100, 200,000 views or something like that. Anyway, started on YouTube and I was like, all right, there's, you know, if there's a lot of people watching this, I, I need to learn some of this. So then branched out into Twitter and Facebook. I've got a newsletter. I'm not super big on Instagram. Uh, and, and you know, this being one person, there's only so much, or there's only one or two platforms you can really dedicate your time to, which for programs as whoever is listening, that's that's probably a valuable lesson too is unless you have full-time staff which very few programs do uh it's good to devote whatever your top two maybe top two or three platforms are so i'm kind of diversified if you will across all platforms and putting stuff out for coaches and and other things you and i have been talking about this topic and kind of how Mm -hmm. to make our programs better probably for about i don't know two, three, four years, something like that. You know, obviously a lot has changed and a lot of things change with the platforms themselves, but then also the fact that you have new platforms that are coming up. I think everybody right now bored at home is making TikToks. And so like there's always something new or something different to do. Um, I I saw the other day you had a poll on Twitter talking about just kind of like the the impact that coaches felt like it had or even like how they felt towards it. What, what, how'd that end up? I was surprised because I thought it was going to be overall pessimistic, but basically the questions was like, you feel good about it. You're thrilled about it and no. And then like you hate it, but most of it was pretty positive. But like I said, I was surprised um, because I feel like most, most coaches or anybody involved in college athletics, they're not, they're truly not optimistic about it in terms of like, Oh my gosh, I have 20,000 people within my community that I can advertise every single one of my teams to look at the opportunity for donations, boosters, ticket sales. I think most coaches are just like, Oh, I guess I better do this. And okay, I'll do it. Yeah. I think that undervaluing the attention that's there and the eyes that are there and maybe not even knowing how to not even monetize it, but use it to their advantage. I do feel like at this point, most people, especially people that are 
active on Twitter and Instagram because you're thinking probably I looked at my even the Instagram numbers the other day looking at the demographics and then just the age and you have that huge spike at least for me was right there in the middle and that middle age to younger obviously has had more interaction with social media and probably either not just understands it better, but probably values it a little bit more. But I still think, like you said, that probably programs, a lot of programs aren't necessarily doing what they could be doing. Do you agree mm -hmm. with that? And maybe why do you think that is? Yeah, hundred percent. I think one, well, first of all, it is a challenge because having a brand and what's called a brand for your program or yourself as a coach online. And all that means is what, like what you put out there and your reputation is what I've heard a lot of people say. Your brand is the reputation. When I hear brand or when I heard brand at first, I thought, oh, that's, you know, it's like a weird kind of word that's like, oh, I don't want to be a brand about myself. But if you think of it as what's your reputation online, what are you putting out? Uh, I think that's a better way to think about it. And then what was your question? I got so many thoughts going in my head right now. We could go a thousand different ways. Well, why do you think that they, <laughs> why do you think it's still something that's underutilized? Yeah. So one is the time commitment and if, if programs, athletic departments, programs, whatever, can kind of put a system in place and delegate different roles, then they can just have a checklist of, a, all right, every Monday we're posting this. After every game we're posting this. We're going to have a post-game interview, pre-game the day before, blah, blah, blah. So maybe have a schedule out, and then each person does their own thing. And then I don't think that people fully appreciate the, the opportunity with – so there's a bunch of different ways we can go with this. From a personal – standpoint from a coach so if you're a high school coach or a college coach regardless of your sport first of all the opportunity to make money you know if you're going through your camp and with all the covid stuff summer camps are canceled but let's say it's a normal summer well if you can get all those kids and all those parents to follow you on your newsletter or your whatever after camp well what if around christmas time you send them a like a 10-part video series of whatever your sport is of hey here's some more tips uh, remarket it back to the parents through your social media or email list and say, Hey, for 20 bucks, here's our player development for volleyball or basketball, whatever it is, that could be an opportunity. So financially, and then just, just branding. I think all the non power five schools that are on TV have a great opportunity to separate themselves with the attention that they're able to get online. So what I mean is like, I don't know how many division two uh, colleges there are like on a, like where I was like on a beach or something that's super, super attractive. Mm -hmm. If, if these athletic departments can figure out how to, and I think we, we know most of the tricks of the trade, but if they can figure out how to brand their program at the D2, D3, NCCAA levels, JUCO, even they can figure out how to brand it. They're going to be, they're going to have so much more attention on their program than every single other program at their level they're not competing with duke and kentucky that's just a whole different thing but those levels um if if one or two programs can can go all in on it then they're gonna i think they'll have an advantage in every way recruiting fundraising just overall branding stuff like that i do want to give as many examples as possible because i know coaches are listening and they want to hear the practical or like okay so tell me how to do it i need people to understand that for marketing especially you have to have an understanding, at least a base understanding of what you're trying to do and some of those almost um, academic terms so that then you can know how to 
make it practical because that's the stuff that looks fun. Or when you say, oh, an opportunity for me to make more money, like that sounds fun, but the right way to do it. And the first thing I want to start with is the fact that understanding the brand and the branding side of it, a term that probably everybody has heard, and maybe some think they know what that means. Keep it as simple as possible. When we talk about branding, just simply telling your story, I think is and and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what you talked about. I say this all the time to my sport marketing students, like sports is sport marketing is easy when you're in charge of a team because coming up with your story sometimes for a brand that's not in the sports sphere could be sometimes difficult because you got to figure out who you are and what people are going to be interested in like people are already naturally your fans and so creating content then actually becomes easier because telling your story is a whole lot easier you say well i don't what does that even mean well your story is you had a game tuesday night what happened in the game right now for us we're posting a lot of things about recruiting signing players everybody wants to get to know the players who's going to be the next guy that comes out you can create 50 pieces of content with just the guy that you signed last week or the class that you signed. So, you know, how can I brand this? How can I tell my story? And to give you some examples of what you just talked about, I think if the, if the work is put in, and again, a lot of people will hear this and be like, I don't have time for that. Well, I'll get to that in a second. We'll talk about that in a minute. Hear your suggestions with that. But it has saved us literally thousands of dollars. We saved about $2,000 last year with sponsors that were sponsoring our posts. They were uh, restaurants mm-hmm. and the restaurants were providing us in exchange, not money, but they were giving us food. And it would have cost mm-hmm. us about $2,000 to feed our players for these meals. And they were all provided for. So that's just one example. And I, I like what you yeah. said, if athletic directors can figure out I think that they just need to understand or learn how to do it in this climate, in this day and age. They they have known how to do it because if you walk into any old gym, you were, you've been in, in these kinds of gyms, you walk into a gym and what's plastered on the walls everywhere? The local mm-hmm. real estate person, the chick, everybody hits yeah. up poor Chick-fil-A. That's advertising and branding and marketing, but that's 1980 stuff, right? And so, you know, how can you do that now? Maybe either some examples or even um, ideas for, we both mentioned that was on my list. Number one, two was I don't have time and I completely understand that, but I don't have time to do it. Are there ways or either things that the coaches can actually do, or maybe even farming it out to other people, ideas for how to do, create content and post on the different platforms? Yeah. Well, first, so I'll talk about storytelling and then maybe some practical tips, but something that popped in my mind is, okay, so first of all, that that Budweiser commercial with Dwayne Wade, I'm sure whoever's watching this, you remember he he handed those jerseys. And of course, their budget to produce that is like, you know, a lot of money and whatever, and no average athletics program is going to be able to afford the camera and all that. But nonetheless, what that was, was that Budweiser commercial, you had people, you know, given the trading the jerseys with Dwayne Wade, and they were telling how Dwayne Wade impacted well, what if you told the story of your program and every time a senior graduates from your program, you could just go on video and the uh, athlete speaks right to the camera. They speak to the camera and just say, hey, I just played for this coach for four or five years and they absolutely changed my life. They did this. They did that. When I came into school, this is who I was. Four or five years later, this is who I am. And then you make a video like that. Then you share it on Facebook and um, I'm not in, the whole world in seeing it. Just share it with Facebook groups in your community. So whatever city you're in or county, you just go in those groups and you share it from the athletic page. And then what happens is your community sees those videos and say, man, look at what that coach is doing for these kids. I, I love that. I want to show up to some games now and support them or, or write them a check or something. Because whenever you put out a good piece of content, you never know what's going to come in return 
for, you know, however many Twitter followers you have, for example, you got 5,000, you send out one piece of content, one person out of 5,000 might decide, hmm, I'd like to give that program a check. So that's just a, a storytelling idea. And then I think the practical steps come from the knowledge of what each platform is for. So I think every program, if you have not started on social media, start a Facebook page for your entire athletic department or your program. The Facebook page is going to be for parents and people in your community. So those are businesses, donors, nonprofits, whoever. These are people in your geographic community. And then Instagram is going to be more for kids and maybe TikTok too, but pick one of those and create content that's going to be specific towards recruits. Or if you're in high school and you want to do this, just kids, you know, teenager, whatever. And then Twitter, I think, would be more for coaches. So as a program, if you're going to have a successful athletic program, you got to connect with your community, you got to connect with recruits, and you got to connect with other coaches. And if you treat each of those platforms according to who uses it the most, then you can figure out, okay, on Twitter, I'm going to share drills because coaches are on here. On Instagram, I'm going to share – well, I guess on Twitter, you might share a playbook or something that coaches are going to care about. And then on Instagram, you show a video of breaking down a drill or something that's more – connected with kids and then Facebook would be maybe an example like I talked about you're just telling stories about your athletic program what's going on you're updating on alumni graduates just good things that the community wants to hear and you might even bring on one of your sponsors and and bring them on your podcast or your Facebook page for your athletic program and do a sit-down interview of hey this is restaurant owner a who's given us so much money over the years let's just tell stories about our community what's what does the this city and this county mean to you? It doesn't even have to be about sports, but just something to connect with your community. Those three platforms is, I think, where you would start and then understand who's using those platforms and then make content that that specific group of people will like. I would say, too, you said at the beginning, focus in on one or two. You think about it, going back to what you said, your parents, your grandparents, your family, extended family, aunts, uncles, they're the ones on Facebook. They want to know about who won the game. They want to know the article that goes along with it, linked to it. They want to see the player of the game and share that with all their friends so that they can see that their nephew was the player of the game. They want to see the post-game interview, you know, doing a post-game interview, something like that. What we've used with Twitter, I think, is sometimes we've done um, almost like a timeline sometimes of like how the game is going on. You won't see that as much NBA teams and college teams because I I feel like especially the big ones that we pay attention to, they want you to be watching it on TV or it's so accessible on TV. But I feel like for for high school, having a parent do something like that, I have a former player who they have a parent or even one of their parents that will actually post during the game updates. And it's fun for me to see how his team's doing. So that's an idea for something like that. And again, doing a post game interview with on a camera phone, you know, not anything special. I have found though that like your one hit everything is, is Instagram and posting just having a parent maybe take a photo. I'll say this, we're, we're very afraid of getting the kids involved sometimes because we think that they're going to post things that they shouldn't. And that may yeah. be the case, but I guarantee you that there are a few responsible kids that are wanting to do this long term. I have more and more kids every year who are going into and wanting to do more of like the things that we would have considered soft skills or like side jobs. They're wanting to go do those things full time. And what I'm talking about is like making videos, yeah. photography, graphics, you know, making graphics. 
you know, that's kind of, that's the kind of stuff that we would have thought, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if that's a full-time job or if that's something that can pay the bills, but we all know like yeah. this day and age it can. And if they can be developing, I have a kid right now. I'll give you another example. As a college coach, I have a high school kid who he made videos. His dad would shoot the videos and then he would, he's really interested in making videos. He would edit all those together and he posted those throughout the whole year. And he's a kid that is, you know, a guard guards are a dime a dozen, you know, six mm -hmm. decent size. For me, it was able as a college coach to see him on a regular basis. And to be honest with you, like he's got a, he's got a chance to be on the team that the other, you know, 150,000 kids just like him don't because I mm -hmm. saw him on a consistent basis because of the work he did in the videos. I saw him playing in games. He was on my mind. And going back to what you said, social media is about constantly just connecting, 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 so that when they think, where do I want to send my kid? I want them their first thought to be Bob Jones University, right? Or for yeah. at least a pop in their mind. You know, that's from yeah. a college perspective. You've done more at the high school level. Even talking about going back and talking about like saving time or being able to do things more efficiently. If we want to talk about, you know, the actual programs, I'm thinking even like we've talked about making a schedule. <clears throat> so I think like yeah. from a coach's perspective, I don't have time to do it. Well, if you can designate this is when I need to, I need to make a game day graphic and post it. Yeah. <clears throat> I need to make a post game graphic and post it, or I need to shoot a post game interview with a player of the game or with the coach and post yeah. it. A coach now is saying, okay, great. Now, how do I do that? And I'm thinking yeah. even like for us, Canva, you know, going back and using something yeah. when we first started out, Photoshop. Yep. So I don't know how to use yep. Photoshop. There's Google and you got a lot of time on your hands right now. Like go yeah. look it up. That's and how I'm talk, talking even about like, uh, you say, well, I don't have Photoshop. There's Photopea. That's basically the online free version of that. Yeah, are mm -hmm. there other things too? I know you've in some of your courses have said you can download certain apps for three, five bucks. And maybe even if you want to talk about those uh, workbooks and things that you have available that people can look at and purchase and even potentially yeah. we can give away something right here. So Canva, C-A-N-V-A, if people don't know about that, it's a free website. You can upgrade and add different features, but if you want simple game day graphics and you got pictures of your athletes, C-A-N-V-A.com is really good. That's free. And then what I use is I would make our, when I was coaching college, I'd make our game day graphics on the bus ride. So we would go from the hotel to shoot around either the day before or the day of, and I would make a game day graphic on my iPhone in like 10 minutes. And they turned out really good. So I've got a YouTube video, a tutorial. If you're watching this and you want to know, just go to youtube.com slash Mason Waters. That's my channel. And then you scroll down past all the basketball videos. And then it's something like graphic tutorial. And then if you want, so all it says is there's a dollar 99 in apps, superimpose uh, Snapseed. And then there's another one I use, but if you just have a dollar 99 in apps, watch that free tutorial then you could probably figure out the rest by yourself. Like you don't even have to buy the course that I offer, but if you do want to buy that full course that I offer, it's 25 bucks and it's the first line in the description. But if you can figure it out off one video and you're pretty good with that stuff, you won't have to buy it anyway. It's just with practice and now it's the perfect time to practice all the graphic design stuff. Like head coaches should be texting their younger dudes or even if they want to figure it out themselves, like, hey, this week, let's watch a couple tutorials and you can go on YouTube and find other accounts too that have these but let's be practicing this and let's get to the point where we can knock one out in five five to ten minutes which 
I can get there and I can make a decent, pretty good graphic from my phone because I've been doing it for three, four years. But any person who's young and pretty smart with uh, just with a little bit of practice, dollar ninety nine an app, you can figure this out. Yeah, I've seen also the people that have subscribed to your stuff and have downloaded those books, some of the graphics that they've made, and they've looked pretty good for I've seen some guys crank out stuff within like 24 hours. And again, a lot of younger people, probably a little bit more technologically sound, but even simple enough that people who aren't as much can produce some pretty nice stuff. Let's talk about potential here. What what do you want to give away and then kind of lead them to where we can buy some more things? So I'm going to do, I wrote that book called College Basketball Programs and Social Media three years ago. It was like 79 pages. I think it was free. I gave it away for free. Right. I'm doing the updated version of the book we can give away you want to give away the first few chapters of it yeah i got i'm revising it right now though okay all right well so uh, we get we get people to retweet this you retweet this this post and then uh we'll we'll make sure that we get in contact with them and get email addresses and then we'll send that out when that's ready that sound good yeah, that sounds good. Sweet. Probably Sweet. two, three weeks, maybe. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of stuff here and see if we'll have some questions a little bit later on or replies to this and maybe we can connect with people. But, you know, again, I would say major takeaways from this is get some sort of schedule because I know time is always at a, it's, you just don't have a lot of it, right? And so like, mm -hmm. what what do I need to post? When do I need to post it? Don't be afraid to enlist the help of others, even if that means like a student who maybe you can watch a little bit. And I will say that, we often think like, I don't have time to do that. Or if I, if I just do it on my own, then, you know, I can just take care of it. I think that's poor leadership. Like that's an opportunity for you to train early on and then them to take ownership of it. Uh, I had a, a student athlete who tore his ACL and he ended up taking over our stories for the rest of the year. And he did a phenomenal job. Like most of those kids yeah. know how to do that kind of stuff. Um, and are you guys the highest followed team in the NCCAA? I don't you know. know. It, Probably sports. If you're talking about individual team, not like athletic yeah, 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 yeah. account. Probably, yeah, I'm an individual team. Probably so. And I, I don't yeah. know that it's necessarily because we produce like fantastic stuff, but we're consistent in it. I would say that if you're consistent in it, you build up a following. And this is, again, something where everybody's looking for those vanity metrics, like who's going to like my posts? Oh, only five posts. I'm going to stop doing this. You know, that's something that grows over time. And I've seen more interaction. Obviously, once the season starts, you'll start picking up a lot of followers. I love the first week of school because everybody gets to meet everybody and then they want to follow the mm -hmm. athletes and they follow the accounts, you know, posting stuff about your players and tagging them in it as much yeah. as a college coach. That's huge for me because I follow the coaches or I follow the team accounts or I see the team accounts and I find a player like that's part of your job as a high school coach, like promote your players so that they can uh, be seen. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you tell your players to share like if an Instagram post goes up from the team account? Do uh, you ask your players to share it or anything? When the first, when social media first came out? Yes. Now I don't have to. Like they, they, they do it already. Yeah. They want, they want stuff yeah. for their account. I'll tell you one thing that we did this year, we'll have a photographer and not everybody can, but maybe you have a kid or a parent or something who'll come take photos and just snap, just snap, 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 put them on a server or put them on a card and then distribute them to the kids and let them use them the way that they want to. I, when this first started, too many programs were like, they were too protective of their stuff. And it was like, you know, only we can use that. And, you know, that's our photo and that kind of stuff. And I think people yeah. are realizing 
oh, wait, these kids have, if you look at some of these high school kids, they've got 10,000 followers or they got verified on these social media accounts and they've got hundreds of thousands of followers. And like, that's free advertisement for the university. So I mean, yeah. I think now that more, more schools are like allowing their student athletes to get photographs and videos and repost stuff and that kind of thing. And so um, it ends up having kind of like that ripple effect that the players, I don't have to tell the players to post it. They want it so that they can be seen by their friends, by their family and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's just changed. And like I said, you have to think about this as telling your story. It takes time to tell your story, but having done this now for, we probably had an account since the beginning. So we're eight years old now into our account. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got, you know, 16,000 followers or 1600 or 1700 followers for a little small, tiny college, which may not sound yeah. like a lot, but that's a very specific niche that is devoted to our program. And so I have people, I have, I, we get a ton of engagement. I mean, the percentage is, you compare it to what most people are getting on social media and it's the percentage of engagement is huge. And that's the, I'm not saying that for us. I'm saying that for the high school coaches out there, if you've got a hundred followers and 90 of them are looking at every single one of your pictures <clears throat> and mm -hmm. you know, you've got 20 re retweets or you got 30 shares or whatever, like mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Don't look at thousands of followers, look at yeah. dedicated followers. What is this doing for our program and how is the sham? Cause you don't know the aunt or the uncle of somebody that's related to a player that's sharing that, that they have a friend who has a kid, has a child in your area and they send them to your school because that aunt or that uncle retweeted it or reposted it or shared it on Facebook or something like that. So, and it led to looking up the website of the school and learning info on the school and yada, yep. yada, yada. Yep. Yeah. And I think one more practical tip too is when you post to Facebook, a game day graphic, let's say, so let's say you're playing on Saturday and you post it on Friday, have a group of, your most devoted, dedicated fans, whether they be parents or whoever, just anybody who doesn't just like or follow your page, but somebody you know, you could ask them and they'll share it. Mm -hmm. I would make a team, you know, a team of 20, 30 people to say, hey, we're going to have a game day graphic for every single game this year. Can you share every single one yeah. this year? And then if you get that devoted team, whether it's 10, 20, 30 people, whatever, and that spreads your brand, the awareness of your school, your university, whatever. And they kick on that. Whoever is out there in the internet, they click on that game day graphic. And like you said, now they Google your school. Now their child might want to play whatever sport it is at your school. Boom. Now you have an advantage. It's kind of like throwing a, just throwing a net out. Yeah. A good net. Yeah. Not like it's a bad net, but you just don't know what you're going to catch. And we're to the point now where I'm seeing that it's benefiting us past when the kids are here. I have a kid that comes here for four years his parent really gets into it his dad or his mom really gets into it loves it you know i'm still getting likes on things from a kid who was at our school five years ago you end up getting devoted fans over time that i don't even have to ask like you said 20 people i know every single time that i post something that these same 15 to 20 people are going to like it and share it and it's going to be able to be spread to who knows how many because of the devotion that they have. But again, it's like that consistent over time, constantly putting things out, people just connecting. It's that old jab, 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 jab. And then the right hook comes when I ask them to send their kid to the school or send the next kid that they know. And, <laughs> to and it's, camp. Yeah, yeah. to camp, something like that. So, yeah, a lot of thoughts. Hopefully people will take advantage of that. Um, you know, one last thing, the coffee this week provided by Bridge City Coffee. Great coffee. My wife loves the lattes. We 
we go there on our dates. So you can order that, those beans online at bridgecity.coffee and have it shipped anywhere in the U.S. So make sure you go check them out. Support those small businesses, especially during uh, COVID here. Mason, thanks for coming on. You've got great ideas. The stuff you have is always great. Coaches love it, I know. So um, thanks for everything you do. At Mason Waters, one underscore? Yeah, just one underscore. Okay, at Mason Waters underscore. And like we said, you got the YouTube channel, Twitter. YouTube, yeah. And then if there's coaches from other – like all the stuff I put out is for basketball. But if it so happens where a coach from another sport – wants to hit me up it's coach mason waters at gmail.com and maybe we'll do a part two of this series this yeah, is fun for sure yeah absolutely we'll actually do it in the morning when people are drinking coffee rather than at 8 30 at night just really quickly if you haven't heard yet about anchor it is the easiest way to make a podcast it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will even distribute your podcast to spotify and apple podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard You can even make money from your podcast, no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.